Welcome back to another episode of the Burning Leaf Podcast. Myself, Tom, and Russo are here with you. You can tell by the title, it's kind of a play on words because later on in the episode, we'll talk about a piece of news that really, <laughs> literally a piece of news because it is a bite and you got a piece of skin. That's Brendan Lemieux. But in the meantime, there's been a lot of sound bites this week, to be honest, from Austin Matthews, the Montreal Canadiens, the New Jersey Devils, the New York Rangers, the Boston Bruins, the Los Angeles Kings, Ottawa Centers. A lot of teams are involved with this episode title. But the first major big piece of news that we're covering is the Montreal Canadiens and how they fired GM Mark Bergevin of his duties. And they fired, I think, two other guys as well. And then they ended up hiring... um, Jim Gordon of Jeff, uh, he's Jeff. the vice president Jeff Gordon of the vice president of hockey operations, which is a good thing they need the Montreal Canadiens. But I'll get your thoughts first on it, guys. I don't think this was a big surprise to any of us, but if it is, the floor is yours to see if that was a surprise. Well, hey, like, just before sorry, just before we get going here, is this like the most consecutive episodes now that we've had the three of us since Tom went to Europe? Was this like? Oh, is this one? Oh, it's only two straight now, right? No, we're running. Oh no, because Thomas missed. Thomas missed one. I was about to say, I like, wait, but this is the most consecutive we've had. I've been here for five straight. That's crazy. It's okay. Tom will be back in like a week. Yeah. So, a couple weeks. Thank God. Woo. Okay. Anyway, this might be the most news we've had. Oh my God! In a long time. Do you remember two weeks ago? It was me and you, and like it was just the Canucks thing just happened. (laughs) And it's like, all we talked about for 45 minutes because there was nothing going on. <laughs> we were like, the Canucks are in shambles, and that's it. Yeah, and, and like, now it's like, this is great. There's so much, and the world junior camps just got released. So, like, next week, yeah. we could do the team, okay. or whenever the team gets announced, we can do that next week or the week after. God, um, I, I can't wait to do our fantasy draft again and for me to take a guy that gets injured in the pre tournament games. I was thinking of that. I'm so excited for that. I'm so excited. Oh, uh, poor Kirby. Uh, anyway. Montreal. Okay. Russo, I think I asked you a question of uh, will we see Vancouver make changes before this episode? A week out, would we see them make changes? And I don't remember your answer, but I think we were all in agreement of they probably should. Did either of you guys see Montreal making changes before <laughs> Vancouver? No, not a no. chance. I, I thought no, changes right? might. I thought changes might happen in Montreal, but not before the Canucks. We were talking like, "Oh, do changes happen by the next episode?" And like the Canucks are just chilling in the Habs, are like, "Let's clean house." So no, I I definitely did not expect to see that. I just I was at work one day. It was on it was on Sunday. I think everything got announced and. I was like, Mark Bergevin got fired, and my dad texted me. He said, thank fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? He was like, four, he was like, I don't know five, who Jeff Gordon is, but Bergevin Four or five months gone. ago, everybody was praising Bergevin for his balls of steel, his biceps, GM of the year. <laughs> and like, crazy. I think Bergevin being gone isn't too much of a surprise to me. The rest of the front office staff is. Mostly just because I've figured hey trade deadline coming up going into the draft going into free agency right you know bergerman is not going to be here next year you might as well just bring in somebody that will be and get that out of the way and let them learn the transition period now learn what they have now so going into that 
you have the guy you want in charge in charge instead of the dude who's going to be gone in a month. So I think that makes more sense. The rest of the front office staff was the part I was surprised at. Uh, I don't think it was very surprising, to be honest, the rest of the staff, because first of all, they never had a VP of hockey ops. So that's something they need. I don't think they've ever had one. I think it's, everything just ran through Mark Bergevin. So that was the problem. I guess you could say in Montreal where there wasn't a second guy like the Leafs have with Shanahan, right? Um, but with the Montreal Canadiens, all those staff being fired, Tom, like you said, you said it was a surprise. I don't think it is because clearly Jeff Molson and Mark Bergevin's look on going into the season was totally different. We saw Mark Bergevin trade for Dvorak. We saw Kakinyemi go. We saw Hoffman get signed. So they were kind of going for it to make the playoffs this year after a run like that. And who wouldn't, right? Like who's going to sell after you just basically made the finals? But ultimately, Jeff Molson was probably right in saying like, okay, this team's not good enough. You're trying to build it. You're going to have a certain amount of time and then you're gone. And then obviously he's gone, right? Like it did, obviously the two had a different connection uh, and look on the season and clearly it was, right? And what you said too with like, they've never had a vice president of hockey operations. So from what my understanding is with what the Habs are doing here is almost what like the Raptors are doing. Yeah. Whereas Masai is in charge but he's the president and that's Jeff Gordon's rule or role with the team. But because they need a Francophone general manager because they're Montreal, that's how that operates. They can almost bring in somebody to be like the PR person, right? The front of the team uh, while somebody else makes decisions. And I actually really like that because mm-hmm. then that opens up the gate to basically anybody else. And now we know it's Jeff Gordon. Anybody could be the GM of the Habs in theory, uh, whether that's through title or not. I think Vegas has a similar role with Kelly McCrimmon because um, McCrimmon's the GM, and then McPhee was the GM, but then they moved him up to because they were going to lose McCrimmon. Now. Yeah. So it's but basically a similar it's, situation there. Yeah, they're they're both basically in the same. They're doing the same thing that they were when Vegas first started, where McCrimmon was like the AGM and McPhee was the GM. They were running the team, them two. They're probably still doing it the same way now. They just, I think McCrimmon just wanted that title of GM. Different title, a little bit of a pay raise. Yeah. Uh, And like, too, I wonder who they hire for this. And I know one name that's been thrown out is Danny Briere. I just want to talk about that a little bit. There was a Matthew Darsh, I want to say, a guy out of Tampa. I think so. I think that was yeah. the other name that was been thrown out. Uh, I, I, don't know. I think I Gordon's... hope it's Briere. I don't know if you know, or if I mentioned it before, but um, a lot of people are like, "Yeah, he's doing his dues in the ECHL." I met him last year in the ECHL when he was with Maine, the Maine Mariners, and they came to town to Brampton when I was working with the beast and this dude was like literally riding the echl bus from maine to brampton this is danny briere and he's getting his dues in by riding the echl bus and i was talking to him a bit and yeah he wants a gm role so Played in montreal I wonder, speaks french i wonder if maybe not montreal but i hope it's montreal i think that'd be cool i like danny briere he was a nice guy 
I'm just guy. surprised it wasn't. I'm I'm surprised they fired Bergeron, but didn't like name Gordon as like the even even as the interim GM. He's not French. Fair enough. Yeah, no, but probably is the intern GM. Probably, probably, (laughs) but like he didn't have that title thrown at him. Like if you know what I'm kind of getting at. Yeah, yeah. I think Gordon's a really, really good like hockey mind. Obviously, he did a lot of really good things with the Rangers. Did he though? Um, He did. I thought like there's a he didn't really have to draft. Wow. Yeah, he was given two top two picks. Yeah, but like you look at like some of the other moves he made, like the signing and tradings were good. Yep. The Zabanajai trade was really good. He he used his leverage to get Adam Fox. Yep. Um, you know, obviously you draft Lafreniere and Cackle. That's just kind of a given. Um, I'm trying to think like there was even some other of the, ones like, like Elias Anderson. They messed up. Kravat, Kratsov, Kratsov. Giving Kratsov really isn't giving Kratsov really isn't Gordon's fault as he wasn't there. That's more of a that's more of a jury galant thing. That's a good point. Um. But no, like I think Gordon, he did some really good things in New York. Like the, the Ryan Strom trade today looks like one of the biggest steals in NHL history, given yeah, they gave up yeah. Ryan Spooner. Like, where the hell is he these days? He's on the um, Spanger Cup. Yeah, like there, he, he is, made some he? he made some really <laughs> low-key good moves. Like he, he didn't get nearly enough for JT Miller and Ryan McDonough at that time when they traded him to Tampa. Yeah. He got a pretty good package for Rick Nash. <laughs> didn't he get like a first round pick for Rick Nash like, in like his last year playing hockey? Like he made some good moves. I think this is a good forward step for Montreal though. Like they needed a guy that I think is going to be more forward thinking. And I think Gordon's that guy and whoever and also, they hire as their GM, I think is, I think they're going to be moving in the right direction. Also too, there's a lot made of, uh, for one, I forget the AGM who was in charge of the drafting um, in Montreal. Yeah, probably. Yeah, he got fired. And thank God, because they have no nobody in the first round they ever drafted (laughs) since tenure made the NHL in any meaningful way. Like Galchenyuk was like one of the top. Kakanyemi, who you let walk for an offer sheet. So like that'll get better. Good for Montreal. Um but also too, like under Bergerman's tenure. He made a lot of really ballsy moves, and a lot of the really ballsy moves tend to pay to off. Work. Do you remember Galchenyuk for Domi? Like I remember yeah. roasting oh, the hat yeah. when that happened. I was like, "What are you guys doing?" And then Domi proceeds to have like a seventy-five point year. But a lot of the <laughs> the net positive or the net of all of his moves. Um, when you look at the Dvorak for the letting Kakanyemi go and bring Dvorak in and all that, like that's a net negative, right? So far, it's looking like a net negative. Um, there's been a whole lot of things where, like, in the grand scheme of things, all of his 200 IQing every play, every trade, every signing, every move hasn't worked out the way they probably should have, but in a vacuum. Pick any trade or move that he's done, and he'll probably come out on top. Yeah. And it's it's a weird situation. Like Subban forever. Who thought? Who thought Montreal <laughs> would have got the better deal of that? <laughs> yeah, but I, I think I know Bergevin. A lot of the things he did, people didn't necessarily agree with. But the one thing I loved about Bergevin was how, like Tom, you said it was ballsy. I love how, like, if something happened, he would immediately do something to make that move, like, to 
he would act on his mistakes. Like when Kakanyemi happened, like when he got taken by Carolina, Bergeron didn't wait. He just went, okay, let me go get this guy. And that's like that's one thing I loved about Bergevin. It's like he made shit happen even if you didn't agree with it. Yeah. But you know, it, not all of his moves were great. We know that. You know, Sergachev for Drewan doesn't look great these days. You can say what you want about Drewan, but Sergachev is a, a legit top four, which Montreal it would be nice if Montreal had one of those guys. Sergachev's um, like the fourth def- best defenseman on a team that has three number ones. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> Which is pretty crazy. No, but it's – I think for the Habs, is is a, a, a forward moving point here. Are they going to go scorched earth? I don't know. I don't know. If you're Montreal, do you start scorching earth? Like, who do you start you moving? Who's an untouchable player? Who's an, who's an untouchable player on the Montreal Canadiens? No, but who's you can't even move one, the right? contracts that you they, they signed. Like you, it's I, a, you know what? I think they'd be able to get a pretty decent package for Tyler Toffoli. Yeah. He's got two years after this year. He only makes a 4.2. I think that's a guy you can go, okay. I saw people throwing it out like the Flames should be on it because he said like, Daryl Sutter loved him when he was in L.A. I wouldn't hate Tyler Toffoli, but like I'm just saying like in general. I'm just saying in general. Like I don't know. I think Your, your heart's going to be there. broken again come trade deadline. No, we all I'm, know this I'm story. Not, I'm not expecting Toffoli to move, but I'm saying if they were to go scorched earth, I think Toffoli would be a guy you'd probably look at moving. There's a there's a lot of stuff a lot of stuff they can do. And they're gonna have to they're gonna have to tear it down. And Jeff Gordon and you and have. you build around Caulfield Suzuki, pretty much. And whoever they get in this draft. Did you see the picture of Shane Wright? Like that came out a couple days ago. So he was in warm up, and some guy had a Habs jersey that he put fifty one on the back of and put Wright, and like he was right at the glass, and Wright kind of turned to him and he was smirking. And I was like, pretty funny. It's like he was like kind of laughing at it, which was pretty jokes. But hey, Shane Wright wouldn't look too bad inside Cole Caulfield, would he? I don't know. You want to talk for about another? Love, for the love of God, the next, the, the next big move the Habs need to make: fire Dom Ducharme. Oof. Yeah. I don't want to get too much into that, but the lineup today, oh my God. That was Bergman's guy. That was Bergman's guy. And he anyway, got an extension. Anyway, I think we're we're good on the Habs. I don't know. I don't know about you guys. Probably good on that. Yeah. Russo, your boy. Little Jizzy, baby. Woo! Um, okay. So, Jack Hughes made his return. Was it Tuesday night or Wednesday night? Tuesday. 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 He made his return, and that was already making news. Hey, Jack Hughes is going to be back. He had a great four per- periods to start the year. Also came out, Jack Hughes extended eight years, $8 million per year, $64 million total. We all have our thoughts on it. I love the deal personally for New Jersey. I think, look, man, I've talked about Jack Hughes so much about, especially this past year, I've talked about him a lot. And I know he only has like, what, 55 career points. Is it something like that? Um, The scoring numbers aren't very good for him. No, but I actually saw a pretty funny tweet. It was like the devil's management team saw the charts and thought, we better lock up Hughes long-term before he makes us go bankrupt. <laughs> and that's what they did. Look, is it, a, is it an overpayment in the short term for Jersey? Yes. I'll, I'll agree with that. It's probably an overpayment in the short term. But the ceiling this kid has, his potential is he's right up there with some of the best guys in the league. 
in my opinion, at least. Easily, easily. He, look, man, if he didn't get injured, how good of a start would have Jack Hughes had this year if he didn't get injured? See, I want to say there was a dumb stat. He only played the four periods of hockey. Mm -hmm. I believe he finished the first month, so October, still leading the league in takeaways. Sounds sounds about right. And you only played four periods. The kid's incredible. Like, and and I get it that his sample size isn't huge. His first, his full rookie year got cut short. Last year got cut short. And now this year is being cut short due to an injury. But man, like this can be looking like such a steal in like a matter of like years. Like matter of like maybe less than two years I can think of. The kid's got so much potential to just pop. And I think that's what he's going to do. Like, look, we could be talking about the end of this year, how good this deal was going to look for Jersey. It could be looking as early as that. And you know what? New Jersey has him and Nico locked up Mm -hmm. for term. They got max term for both of them at 8 million bucks a piece, 16 million bucks for your top. Well, what's Nico make? I think Nico makes 7.1. Yeah, if I'm not like mistaken. Like, is Nico's deal looking great right now? No. But, like, I still think, like, if Jack's going to be your number one and Nico's your really good number two, it's a pretty good one-two punch up the middle. And, like, the good, the great thing I think about the Devils right now is, like, okay, Jack's locked up, $8 million. That could look really good. He shares locked up at 7.1. That looks pretty good if he gets better. Hamilton's locked up at 9. That looks great. Um, Blackwood right now doesn't make that much money, but I know he's up. I think he's up. He, he makes like two something. The I think the biggest thing is the the Devils probably saw what happened with Quinn this summer, right? And how he put Vancouver through the ringer, and it went right down to the wire. What they almost he almost didn't start the year. Him and Pedersen. Yeah. The Devils probably thought, okay, we're not doing that with Jack. We're not doing it. Also, too, like. Jack Hughes loves being a New Jersey Devil. Oh yeah, like as as long as Luke is there, like he's gonna be New Jersey Devil for life. Well, he was pushing for Luke, and whether that was the right call or not, whether you could have got somebody right else now. in that spot, it looks pretty good. It looks and pretty it's a damn good. And they might get the other Hughes in what, like five years? I would love <laughs> to see them put together a massive package hey. to bring in Quinn, or just in free agency when that's up. But, Thomas, because I know you're not the biggest fan of this, before I let you speak on that, yeah. there's one thing that I like to say of, like, the Brady Kachuk, when they announced him as captain and he came back, it was like, they put him through a little bit of an ovation before the game. Cool. Tavares, when they announced him as captain, nobody knew until the moment it happened who was captain, and they made it a show. Sports is entertainment. Sports is a show. The whole thing around Jack Hughes coming back from injury that day, signing a mega contract, leaking it himself on Twitter. Like, I love him, man. What a fantastic, um, like, media presence the Devils have. What a fantastic entertainment value that the Devils have. And just, they know how to run the show. Yeah. And that made it so much better than just, Jack Hughes is back tonight. Okay, before the game, you sign eight by eight. Cool, good for him, guys. So, so fun watching that. So fun watching that. 
But Thomas, you're not a fan of the eight by eight. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan in the short term, as Russo said. Like, man, if I made, if I had 55 points in 120 games and I made eight million, I'm signing that deal every day of the week. Like Jack Hughes just got himself a big pay grade. And guys, I don't know if he's earned it. Like he did, he hasn't earned it yet. Like eight million dollars, eight years, the full max thing. In two years, three years, I could see it being a really good deal for him. But at the moment, man, like, how can you give a guy eight million dollars? Like, do you look like you don't get paid to get, look at charts and give him eight million dollars? Like, like you just that's not how it works. Look at King, Clayton Keller in Arizona. Sure, losing environment, seven million dollars they pay for the long run. He doesn't look like a good player in the long run for them. Like. Like a four or five million dollar player, yeah, and that's bad. that's the problem with the league nowadays. People get paid for what their ceiling is than actually what they've earned and done in the league thus far. And I think that's the case with Jack Hughes right now. He's got to get it going, like, he's got to prove it this year. If he proves it, sure, but the next year over, and also New Jersey has to win, like, that's the problem here. Like, they got to start winning, they got to make the playoffs. None of their players have made the playoffs. And that's a problem for me. Like, I don't see, like, everyone roasted the Leafs for paying their players this many million dollars. Obviously, Austin Matthews is better than Jack Hughes and stuff like that. But at least the Leafs made the playoffs before they got these deals. Like, they haven't done anything down there. And they got these deals just right away. We'll give it to you. Just because, just, just, just off a of ceiling, right? Like, I yeah, don't know like, if I agree with that. Yeah, like, obviously, Jersey's paying for the potential of Jack Hughes. Yeah. That's very clearly what they're doing. And I've saw people saying they should have bridged them. Maybe they should have given them a three-year term. Look, I don't know how well that would have gone if they did. Let's say Jersey does bridge them. Three years, five million bucks, whatever it ends up being. Mm -hmm. What if in those three years, he goes off like everyone's expecting him to? He goes 80, 90, 100. Let's just say in a fantasy world. Now you're screwed, right? Not really. Instead of it being an $8 million price tag, if he goes off and he goes 80, 80, 80, what's he asking for? 10? 10 and a half? Nine? Eight is 10? That's still not the right? best player like, in the league, though. Like, no, but what I'm saying is I think they might, they're probably going to be saving some money if he does. And if he doesn't, I'll eat my words. I'll eat a hat if he doesn't end up being the player that I've expected him to be this whole time. Right? But I don't think – like A lot about bridging is – for teams that have the young guy and no cap space. Jersey hey, has so much cap space. <laughs> dude, they barely hit the floor. Like, yeah. Subban makes nine. Is it nine or 9.5? Nine. He makes nine. Him and Dougie both make nine. Yeah, they signed Dougie one year, and Subban's nine million and comes off the next. Yeah. That's nine like million, dollars, and they struggle to hit the floor. They are fine with cap space. Dude, they have eight million in cap like, as we're speaking right now. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, bridging him, Russo, like you said, though, like, if he makes nine, ten in a couple of years, sure. But New Jersey's window is at minimum seven years. Minimum yeah, with seven years. With him and Nico. Him, Nico, and Dougie. And Dougie, um, and they have other things Blackwood. Holtz coming in. Yeah, like Mercer has looked fantastic. There's pieces here to the point where it doesn't really make sense to bridge Jack Hughes. And Thomas, like you said, if you had to pick between like the Leafs and Devils, I almost got to say I like the way that the Devils have done it better than the Leafs. Making the playoffs in that first year for the Leafs was a mistake. Absolute mistake. 
that set them back. That set them back. They thought they were better than they were. They needed an extra year right now, though. They are pretty good. Five years I, uh, losing in round one. The but only thing I, I too think... far into that, I really like what the Devils have just done. Yeah, I like that they got max term. I like that they got max term on all their guys. That's what I like about this. Is that you got eight, you got seven, and you got seven out of Dougie. I don't know. Like, I don't want to make this about like beliefs, but like it's I I like the deal for New Jersey. I really, really do. I I think like I said, I think this guy's gonna be top ten center in this league. Might be even higher. I don't know. I, I I really do believe that. And if he does, I'll love it. If not, but there's not too many players that have profiled the way Jack Hughes has through junior, through, sorry, he played through junior, the way, the way he profiled all the way through up before making the NHL. There's not many players that profiled like him and didn't turn into a star. They all have. I think Hughes is right there. At least I think. So um, I think it's enough Jack Hughes talk. I got that all in. A um, couple things that happened over the weekend that were a little weird, a little dumb. Um, we'll start with Panarin and Marchand. Marchand, as you all know, got suspended for slew footing all right from our so he got three games. But before that, they went our Temi Panarin got into it. That was on Thanks, American Thanksgiving, right? It was on Black Friday. Correct. Yep. I think it was that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Panarin threw his glove at him. It, it really looked like Marchand was was getting to him, and we were all like, what the hell did Marchand say to him to set off Panarin? Because if you've ever watched Panarin, he's not a guy that, like, gets ticked off too much. Like, he just kind of lets it go. At least that's what I found with Panarin. Um, but he got really ticked off. And then it came out after, like, we, everyone was trying to figure out what was going on. And I wish these guys were mic'd up, and I know they'll never put out that kind of thing. If I, it, it was really great when we saw Brandon Tanev <laughs> about yeah. Skinner. Like well, I know that ESPN wasn't mic'd, mic'd up. Matthews. Oh, yeah, against LA, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, but he. What did he, he said? Like, you're, no one likes you in Russia. No one. Is that what he said? In Russia. Yes. And that, go back to your country. And that all, and considering. Did he say everything. that second part? I'm pretty sure. And everything considering what happened last year when Panarin had to leave. So, yeah, it, uh, yeah, that's that's my thing with this is like, if somebody said to Brad Marchand, nobody in Canada likes you, for one, they would be correct. Most people do not like Brad Marchand outside of like two weeks every four years when the Olympics (laughs) roll around. Hmm. Nobody likes Brad Marchand. But there's not that many extenuating circumstances revolving around Brad Marchand to make that uh, really hit. Everything around Artemi Panarin and having to help his family out in Russia and the Russian government putting some fake news to make him look bad because he called them out. Everything just around that, it seems like a... It's just not very acceptable. No. And look, I get... Like, look, I have Matthew Kachuk on my team. There's absolutely no way I can talk any ill really about Brad Marchand because they play the same way. But that's something, Brad, like, you can't cross that line, man. You want to chirp, chirp, but, like, that's something, like, if that's what he said and that's what happened, that's something you really can't say, dude. 
You really can't. Which is like, you know, it is what it is. But it, it, for a reason, I guess that's why it ticked off Panarin. And the fact that he got a 5K fine for that after Tom Wilson, like, threw him and, like, without his helmet on last year. like Well, the fines are ridiculous to start off. The like why ridiculous. Why is that 5K? And, and, well, no, you should be just fine for that because that's a fine. But nah, the fine for other glove. stuff. Yeah, you can't throw stuff at an opponent. Nah, man, I think that's I think That's, that's like throwing a stick at someone. Dude. Ah, no. Um, it's, it's who threw that helmet? Who threw that helmet McKinnon. Did he get fined Gr- for that? Yeah. I th- probably. That makes sense because it's a helmet. I mean. But a glove? Well, you can't really throw stuff at an opponent. A glove. Also, also it was on ice versus on the bench. So, like, and it's 5K. Whatever. Who cares? Panarin, that's not going to make or break his bank account. But even still, I think that's a pretty – I think that was, I thought that was pretty ridiculous. I don't know. Like, Marshy can't be – we've said it for years, right, with Marshan that, like, he's so good, he does not have to do this type of shit, right? And I know that's what makes him effective is that getting – being a rat, getting under guy's skin, and I get that's what makes him effective, but, like, this kind of shit. Like, you can get under people's skin without calling out them for whatever country they're born in. You can mm-hmm. get under guy's skin without licking him and then doing it again. <laughs> and then being told, hey, Brad, don't do that, please. Brad, why? Like, even the slow foot, like, did he really need to do that? That should Honestly, have been more games. I didn't even see it. Probably. It was bad. But given, I love how Subban got, like, he's done it like four times this year. Ridiculous. And one in, and he, one and went got, injury. And, yeah, Sammy Blay and like well both Ryan Reeves got injured and then he ended Sammy Blay's season. Finally, that's both the Rangers in that <sighs> case. But like I, I think he slew footed Lucic. Nothing really happened out of it. There was Sammy Blay, there was Ryan Reeves, and I believe there was one more, but there I was one more, it was. Yeah. Um, but like he nothing came out of those, which he should have got suspended for at least one of them. Mm-hmm. And but because it's Brian Marchand, he's got a history, of course, he was always able to suspended for that. Um like this is the kind of shit he does not need to do. And we've said it, we've said it for years, right? He does not need to pull this kind of crap. He's a really good player. Brad's a really good player. Cut it out. It's Brad Marshan. Brad Marshall. Never. And you know what's the crazy thing about Marshan though? It's like everything I've seen and heard, it's like apparently outside of hockey, he's like one of the better dudes. Which is you wouldn't really expect. I get, I see him on Twitter, it's like hilarious. But apparently outside of hockey, he's like it's a pretty I decent think so. Dude. However, my cousin's wife is his neighbor back in Halifax. I think I told this before, right? Um, Probably. He, he has a lime green Lamborghini and just loves to piss the neighbors off at two in the morning. <laughs> just loves to. Just, dude, just like, go I for can, joy rides. But dude, I can so picture him doing that though. Is him in his smug face and I'm like, fuck. Thank you, peasants. <laughs> anyway, um, Brady Kachuk? Is that where we're headed? Brady Kachuk? Or Brendan Lemieux? Or Brendan Lemieux? Guys, I don't know if you saw the Department of Player Safety video. Hilarious. This the is biting. Two, the two-point slideshow at the end is just biting. And I forget the other word. It was two words. And one was biting. And you know what? This is biting. 
This is I not love a hockey how... play. No Thank shit. you. Thank you. I, I, I am aware I, that this... I, Actually, it is a hockey play. It occurred during a hockey game. Everything that occurs during a hockey game is a hockey play. Right. Just whether it's legal <laughs> is the question. I saw, I, one of the headlines I saw, and I was like, this is how ridiculous this is. It was like Pierre Dorian was like, I don't know if Brady needs a tetanus shot. Like, what? Like, really? <laughs> to be fair, that is like a valid concern. <laughs> no, no, no. I, it is. But what I'm saying is this shouldn't be a thing during a hockey game. Like, what, what was going through this guy's mind? Like, as Brady know. said, he's a brickhead, which was amazing. This, that whole Coming from the guy who is a brickhead. Dude, imagine being called a brickhead by Brady Kachuk. Like, <laughs> like, like, imagine being called a brickhead by Brady out of all guys. Like, yeah. Like, and but it's true. Like we've seen three, Brendan Lemieux do trash things over and over and over again. It was and like three years ago, didn't Lemieux's dad when he was with the Jets say like, "I hope uh, Brendan's more liked than I was." It, he's not. <laughs> I love the Kachuk but I still love how I love how the Kachuk rivalry is like it's gone through generations. Like Keith and Claude fought in that massive brawl in the World Cup in '96, '96, right? I believe in '96. And then Matthew and Brendan played in junior against each other. And then in like the junior, like you know how they do like the rookie, the rookie mm-hmm. games. Showcase. Like, yeah. They went at it. Brendan and Matthew, like in the first rookie showcase of both their careers, they went like at it. And now it's now to Brady and Brendan. Like, this is Brady's response, like I said, legendary. I love that shit. Like, and then Matthew went on after hours and like he was like, if this guy's still in the league, and it's like, oh my God. Like, they're like, I love this. And I think. Like the I, I heard like I listened to the SDP and like they were saying how the worst thing someone can call you in hockey is a bad guy, and yeah. Brady said it like five times like he's just a bad guy, and that no one likes him. And then Jonathan Quick had his quote, which was like, "Look, I know this is wrong, but we love Lemieux." And it's like, Brett, jump, stop, stop. And like, yeah. we kind of knew Lemieux was an asshole going back to Winnipeg, and then the Rangers. No like, like there. Yeah. Yeah, him and yeah, because him and Tony D were best boys. Which I forgot about that. Yeah, him they had like a podcast for like a month, him and D'Angelo. You really wonder, huh? <laughs> I'm just maybe surprised. some maybe yeah. bad apples just kind of tend to hang out together. Yeah. There's some like minded people there. Yeah, there it's I don't know. It's going back to the stupid. actual play, is it worth more than five games? Yes. 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 Agree. Yes. I, I, he should have got 10. Digits? Double digits? Yeah. At least, in my opinion. The thing is with that is I think the precedent is five. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. And When you get that in-person hearing, yeah. If it was over six games, I believe he has the right to appeal to Batman directly. Might be. I think that's what it is. And I is wonder if they just of? Gary's a little bit too occupied right now. Dude's a little busy, probably doesn't have time for Brennan Lemieux biting somebody. <laughs> probably ten games yeah, I... or five games, fuck off. You, you know yeah, what's after your five games. 
you know what's like kind of like shitty is that LA doesn't play Ottawa again this year. They've already played their two games. So we're gonna have to wait till next year to see what happens between Brady and Brennan. Because no, I no, we might not. We might have to wait. Brandon could get traded. You never know. <laughs> he could. And I was gonna say the Kings are playing Calgary tonight, but obviously Brennan Lemieux is not gonna be in the lineup. Right. I was so, gonna say like, what is Matthew it about the Kachucks like, and the Kings? Yeah, like oh yeah, right. <laughs> the the Kachucks and the Kings. They just they just don't like one another. The is Doughty back? Kachucks. Yes. Is Doughty oh, back? Oh, I'm so pumped then for tonight then. The Kachucks oh, have a personal vendetta against white and silver. <laughs> just hate white yeah. and silver. Yeah. So, yeah. Pre- I, I think he should have got more. I think this is garbage. Yes. Fighting someone. Yes. Like, what? Like, you see the wound he left on Brady's hand? Pretty impressive, like, honestly. You bit someone. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, imagine how impressive or good at biting you have to be to bite someone in a, don't in a worry. game. Don't worry. It's from punching him. <laughs> it was the force of punching you fucking liar so, sorry guys but sorry guys my me- your your hand was in my mouth so i just decided to <laughs> chomp down on it like fucking asshole like you i hope he gets liar. i hope he gets filled in the next time he plays in an nhl game I hope someone just fills him in quick hits something just like happened like right now malcolm suing i trade to buffalo for future considerations so do you know that <laughs> you know that future considerations has been um involved in the last four nhl trades at some point, this guy's going to pan out, right? Future considerations. Subban, Clifford. What are the other two? I don't remember, but I just saw a tweet saying that future considerations have been involved in the last four trades. At some point, someone's going to want future considerations. Sometimes, at some point, this guy's going to pan out, right? <laughs> Hopefully, you stick somewhere. <laughs> um, but Buffalo got their goalie who. I... Sure. I mean, yeah. I didn't know okay. they needed a goalie. Yeah, neither. I thought they, I thought they had like three. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. <laughs> oh, those coyotes. Oh, boy. Which, speaking of. Yeah, literally. Yeah, speaking of literally. Supposedly, there's um, been a couple bank records leaked <laughs> that they're up for sale and they do actually have buyers. Um, who initial plans i get i guess when you start to like yeah, you yeah. need however many tens of millions you need to buy an nhl franchise hundreds of millions you need to let the bank know what your plans are <laughs> so supposedly it's houston um which kind of just fits into the like for the last five years hey the nhl is going to houston uh the coyotes deny that because of course they will <laughs> They don't want. They don't want to be like, yeah, we're not the Coyotes anymore. This might also happen in three years. We're not too sure. Yeah. Um. So we'll see about that. I'm, I'm quite confident it's like fairly real. Or yeah, they're selling look, it. At least somebody like went to the bank and was like, hey, yeah. if I need six hundred million dollars, can you guys spot me? I want to buy the Coyotes. <laughs> I want to move them to Houston. Like, there's something there. Yeah. It's just how far down the line it is, um, how close to actually being sold or not sold they are. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but very clearly didn't come out of nowhere. Right. We'll put it at that. And, like, the owner clearly lied about it because usually when that, like, information that quickly comes out and you quickly respond to it, 
usually there's something there. Like, and it wasn't even like, you know, we don't like these false accusations, <laughs> something, 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 blank PR statement. He just went, no, 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 no. It's not true. It's not, trust me. Yeah. It's okay. No. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And All right, to dude. Be, and, uh, I'll just, believe you. And just very quickly, Friedman, like not too long ago, just said on uh, the, the Jeff Merrick show that Batman will only leave Arizona as a last resort. So we'll see. We will see. Batman doesn't want to leave Arizona. We know this. Ridiculous. Right? Put too much. It's clearly out. a market that He's isn't working, working, and no. So um, there was that. <laughs> uh, the Peng, like speaking of like teams getting like purchased, the Penguins got bought by Fenway Sports Group, was it? So that happened this week. Yes. Nine hundred million. That's crazy. And um, the current ownership group gets to stay on. Yeah, which we all figured. What happened? Because so. they've been good. Penguins have been very good um, since very almost good. being relocated before Crosby came along. Yes. Um, quickly back to Malcolm Subban. He becomes the Sabres' highest paid goalie at $850,000. No way. <laughs> yes. Oh, the Sabres. And they're not, like, entirely trash this year, which is ridiculous. Big money spenders. Big money spenders. $850,000. Um, yeah. Um, Shea Weber, he's not happy with LTIR? I didn't no, see this. No, the NHL is not happy with him on LTIR. Uh, so they've supposedly requested him to go back to Montreal and get further testing done and further um, uh, like health checks because it just kind of his career was like over. It was supposedly supposed to be over two to three years ago. Right. Montreal knew that making the trade. And then they were somehow able to get a couple more years out of him that they didn't originally think that they'd be able to. Uh, and I guess the NHL is just kind of not happy with the abrupt way that the captain of Montreal Canadiens just kind of said, yeah, no, guys, I can't play anymore. You ever think about how that trade is going to be six years in June? Crazy. That's not say eh? crazy. Feels I like, mean, Steven I, I, Stamkos I, has two years left. Yeah. Wow. And uh, what, what was the other move? Hall for Larson. Hall for Larson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that really Dude, just. Like I still Oof. remember that day. I remember that day so clearly because it was like Hall for Larson. I remember my one of my buddies was flipping out because he's a Devils fan, and then Subban for Weber happened. It was like what the fuck? Like what? What? And then. Stamkos re-signing was like the lesser of the news, which was pretty funny at the time. But yeah, six years is crazy. Um, and then Tyler Bertuzzi, the only not vaccinated player, went into COVID protocol. I, I As, like love that man. Like <laughs> hilarious. And, and so did Jordan Bennington. So Who two guys has, that really are like outside their mark. When the Bennington? Blues had COVID last year, yeah, he already had okay. it. I want to so, say tough they luck traced it back to he was probably the one that brought it in, right, to the team, like um Blackwood with the Devils. They figured mm-hmm. the Devils outbreak was through Blackwood. Uh, <laughs> just Jordan Bennington, man, get your head on straight. Tyler Bertuzzi, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, Oof. yeah. So, uh, real quick, because Thomas going to have to take off here in a few minutes. Uh, players of the week. Um, Thomas, we'll start with you. 
Yeah, I'm going with another Colorado Avalanche player, and it's crazy I'm about to say this, but this guy has as much goals as assists in the last couple of games. Uh, I'll just name off the last, I think, I think 10 or 9 games this guy's played. I think maybe even less. Kale McCarr has 7 goals, 7 assists, 14 points in the last 3 weeks of play, which is unbelievably crazy. And if he didn't get injured, man, my bet or Hurley hot take of the season would look good. 90 to 80 points for Kale McCarr. It could quite possibly still happen if this guy keeps it up because he's over a point per game and he's a defenseman, which is crazy to say, but he seems to be the only defenseman who could do in the league. Adam Fox is close, but Kale McCarr scores way more goals because the ability he has to skate around uh, the offensive zone. But yeah, Kale McCarr is my player of the week. I went with Naz last week, so a little bit of Colorado theme here. Yeah, I got uh, Austin Matthews. He had a hat trick last night against those Avalanche. <laughs> big, a big one for the Leafs. Um, was it was it that second goal? They literally just forgot who he was. In the first the one. Was it the first one? And the first one where he was legs. just chilling. Yeah, I had so much. It wasn't through the legs, but yeah. Uh, almost. Yeah, it was. He went back no. between his legs. No, he did like in front of his foot. Yeah. Ah. Uh, the goal was all yeah. over my Twitter timeline. Trust me, yeah. I, I saw it. I saw it like four times. Uh, yeah, it was his fourth career hat trick. Fun fact, he has never not scored a hat trick after shaving that mustache. He's two for two. That's crazy. Just, That's a pretty wild stat. <laughs> just, I'm going to bet money on it next time he shaves his mustache. And just he raised a hundred and thirty-four thousand dollars for November. Great That's guy, awesome. Austin yeah. Matthews. The the, thir- yeah. the thirty-four. What what are the odds? Well, that like was the numbers. Goal. I feel like those numbers are a little skewed. No, but that, that Russo, that's the goal. That, that oh, is that what it was? Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. Maybe there was some yeah. more, and they were like, eh, we one thirty-four." Anyway, no, no, it's um, higher now. But the goal was a hundred and thirty. Oh, one thirty-four. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Fair enough to Austin. Attaboy. Um, I got Philip Forsberg. I get it because he scored four goals the other night. <laughs> Thomas is giving me the finger right now. Uh, but anyway, Philip Forsberg had a not just a he didn't have a really ridiculous week. He had six points in four games, um, but he scored four goals in one game. Um, he was unbelievable the other night, just potting goal left, right, and center. He did great for my fantasy team. You're welcome, Thomas. I put together a 40 point night because of that. Um, yeah, he was. He's been unbelievable for these Predators since going back from injury. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a guy you would fade at the end of the year. If Nashville starts to falter, I wonder if they look at moving Philip Forsberg. He'd be a pretty decent rental, in my he, opinion, for any team. Really, he was on the block last year. He was on the block last year, but so was Matthias Ekholm, and he re-upped. So, <laughs> I wonder what David Poyle might have up his sleeve. But if they look, if they're looking to go scorched earth, if they kind of fall off the map here. Yeah, Philip Forsberg, he'd be a pretty nice yep. little piece. There are like a few, like I know I'm getting a little off topic real quick, a few really good, intriguing UFA rentals potentially. Yeah, Frank Cervalli just came with an article on Daily Faceoff, and I was really yeah, good. Really like, good. Yeah. Like Tomas Hurdle, Philip Forsberg. If Ryan the Rust. Sucked, Johnny, Ryan Rust. If the Flames yeah. sucked, Johnny Gaudreau would have been in there. But the Flames were doing good. So I wasn't a fan of that list. Everybody was just like, you're a pending UFA. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there were More a few guys that were like, they, were, they had term. But yeah, there's like a few guys for sure. Like, but <laughs> we'll see. But Phil Forsberg would have been a, would be a pretty decent ad. Claude Giroux, UFA too. I totally forgot about that. 
Um, yeah, that's what I said. I was like, a pretty intriguing option. Like, uh, Flames need a second line center. Um, anyway, um, I don't know. Do you guys have anything left to add? Or We didn't even touch on how good the Leafs look. We haven't even talked about how good the Flames look. We've done that enough. They've, they've, <laughs> yeah, the Leafs do look pretty. Late, what are they, 17-2-0 or something? Or like 16-2-0 in their last 18 or some shit? They're... 15 of 17. That's pretty ridiculous. They've won the November Cup. But it's don't worry, though. As Sid Sixero said, Austin Matthews is a UFA in 31 months, guys. Time to hit the panic button, am I right? Did you see <laughs> that, Tom? Tom, did you see that tweet? Next year is his last year in no. the contract? No, he has two years. Oh, right. A year is 12 months. Yeah. So since Sixero says he's like, I got 31 months left of my contract. You know what? It's gonna be okay. Tell me about my morning traffic and weather for the day. Fuck off. (laughs) All right. Well, anyway, um, that's uh, that's gonna do it for this one. Thank you, everyone, very much for listening. As always, follow us Instagram and Twitter at the Burning Leaf Pod. Try to post some things there, but. we appreciate you listening and we will see you in the next one. Later.